also, I want to let you know, bro, that my cat passed away on oh, Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry man. to hear that. Is that why it's an, he or she's on your WhatsApp picture? Yeah, man. She was a she. Her name was, I called her Misty, but she was registered as Mama with my surname at the at the. How old was she when she passed? She was 18. How, what is that in human years? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I think, I, I, I think, have a little look up, type in, type in cat years to human years because I think dogs is every seven years for a dog. So every year for a human is seven for a dog. So you said 18 years? Yeah. All right, so she lived to 88 in human years. That's a good Bruh, age. Go on, my cat. Big age. up to Misty, man. Bro, my cat, man. To anyone that's got a pet, to anyone that's got whatever type of pet it is, like when I come home and I had to tell, like I told my mum and told my dad that the vet was like what the vet had said. How did she pass? So basically my cat had, a ne- my cat was anemic, she was diabetic, she had a tumour, um, she had a heart murmur, she had an over- overactive thyroid. She had, she had a lot of conditions that by the time she'd got to that age, she was very weak, do yeah. you know what I mean? But she was still a soldier, man. And it was, it's deep, man. When you're taking your cat to the vet, bruv, and you've got it in the car with you in the, in the little thing and it's, you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was, it was emotional. It was very emotional. And, you know, even the vet was like, you know, we could operate, but then there's a risk that something could happen in the operation. And then, you know, you might get an extra, you know, three, four months. And it was like having to make that decision was, was hard, man. And <clears throat> to anyone that's got a pet, whatever the pet is, you wake up and it's not there no more, man. And that's a, that's a big thing for me, man. That was big. That got me going. Got me a little bit emotional. Like I've got to say, I mean, I was trying to explain it to my old man as well, my mum, <clears throat> and my brother, and even my other brother. That's like you know, obviously was with the cat when it was younger. But everyone was sad, man. Do you know what I mean? Everyone was sad and sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was rest in peace, yeah, Misty. Man, rest in peace to Missy. To Misty, she had three litters. Um, I still got one of her sons. He's he's with us still. Um, and I always think, I look at him and I think, I wonder if he knows, man. Does he know that his mum's not here? Does he know that when he when he's like meowing at me and I'm looking at him and there's like two bowls of food and there's fresh water and it's like, what else do you want? And I know he wants the chicken in the oven. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm thinking, does he know that his mum's not here, man? Yeah, does yeah. He, is he looking at the blanket and being like... Or when they used to eat together, she'd always walk up and just, just for no reason, just give him a paw, just, just throw a little paw at him. And he'd have to do a little boxing, like drop his <laughs> left shoulder and try and then he'd, he'd wait for her to always finish eating, brother. He'd just stand there and watch her eat. Yeah. And then she'd move away when she'd had a, a, enough to eat. And then he would come in. And there's two bowls, bruv, but he'd always wait. And um, yeah, I just, I wonder if he knows. I wonder if he knows. And if he wants to talk about it, he can come and talk about it with me anytime. <laughs> Did um, you give her a proper send off? Well, I don't know. How'd you properly send off a cat, man? I spoke with her. I spoke with her. I told her that I loved her and. I was stroking. It was deep, bro, because I'm stroking and I'm thinking that maybe I should have, maybe, I don't know, maybe for the sake of a couple of more months, like, I should have done it. And then I thought, but then, what? I don't know what pain that's going to yeah, cause. Yeah, you might trauma. just be prolonging that pain like, for another how many years. No, not even for years. I, I was only given a few months. I was told by months? the vet that whatever yeah, we do... It's not worth it. And then he was going to me like, whatever we do, like, it's going to start today. Like, it's going to be ongoing. Like, And then I thought, fuck me, I'm put a cat through all of that. Do you know what I mean? At 88... But yeah, man, so I'll miss her. Uh, I'll get her ashes back in a couple of weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do with them yet. Um, Have you got a mantelpiece? Yeah, I've got a mantelpiece, but I'm not really, it's not really, we don't, I don't really want, I don't, I don't really roll like that. To, and I don't, and I, no disrespect to anyone that does. I know that's a normal thing to do, put it up on the mantelpiece and, and all that. But I'm, on, I'm of the impression, Hash, that my cat's soul's already left this earth. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So my cat's, 
She's in a higher place now. Would you scatter the ashes? Yeah, I was thinking maybe to scatter them in the garden because she ran the, she ran my garden. I never I never saw a fox in my garden. Really? Actually, that's a lie. That's a lie. I see my cat chase fox in my okay. garden. So Misty I, kept them away. I see I see my cat kill birds in my garden. Like I seen I seen a drop drop down in them positions, brother, and and, and make the leap. Right? I've seen my I've never seen a mouse in my house. That's why you keep cats, because cats kill rats. And it's important to not have rats, whether that be in the, in the real term or the, what's the other word I'm looking for? Metaphorical. That's right. Metaphorically speaking. Yeah, cats kill rats, man. So yeah, my cat was a G and um, I think I'll scatter her, her ashes in the garden because that's where her energy um, was, was, was very strong. And yeah, to anyone out there that might have recently have lost a pet like I have, um, it's hard. But always remember the comfort that they that the that the, the, the pet brought, and I think another thing I quickly want to touch on is mental health. People talk about feeling uh, alone, disconnected. Um, then they start to uh, maybe go through thoughts about how much value they have towards themselves, and they can take themselves into a into a deep maybe hole, coming to the conclusion that they they have no value. Yeah, what I would say to anyone feeling like that is firstly, don't feel like that if you can. Do you know what I mean? The more you, you're trying to uh, confirm that you have no value to the earth, um, just go and put some seeds down in the park and watch a hundred pigeons come and eat that shit and see whether you have any value. Do you know what I mean? Go and drop some old clothes at a charity shop. That's a lovely way of putting it. And then you might see Roger walking down the street in your night top. Then see if you don't have any value on the earth. But also, if none of that helps, get a pet. Even if it's a fish, to know that you have to wake up every day and drop some flakes in that water for that thing to carry on living and the filter's got to be clean and oxygen's got to be running through that water, that means that you're now of value. There's a purpose. You're of value to that fish that might not be able to talk to you or nothing, but the joy you can get of knowing that you're maintaining that is a big thing. Now, some people might say, oh, you know, fuck putting a fish in a tank and trying to, you know, get something off that. All right, cool. Go and get go and get a cat then. Go and get a puppy. Go and get go and get something that is gonna make you open your eyes every day and have something to be motivated for. Got to make sure Charlie's got food. Got to make sure Roger's got a a bowl of water. I think that's the beauty of owning a pet. You know what I mean? And also, what it might do for what it might do for you. That thing's gonna love. Yeah, bro. That thing's gonna love you unconditionally. So. And not only that, like obviously a fish can't tell you that it loves you unconditionally. It can't run up to you and jump all over you the way that. Um, a dog or a cat can but the fact that you look at your fish happy in that water going through its little ca uh, caves or rocks that you might have put in there you know the fact that it's got it's, it's, it's healthy that's all based on you being responsible towards that so and then some people might say oh you're missing the point because it's sometimes that responsibility that can bring that that anxiety all right cool we'll start start with something start with something really really where you don't have to do a lot Mm -hmm. So you don't feel that pressure, mm -hmm. but I think that's. Is Misty the only pet that you've had? No, I've had um, I've had loads of pets. I've had so I had a Rottweiler when I was nine. Okay, that's the first pet I had. Um, dog was crazy. Sick pet to have. Yeah, it was a, it was a Rottweiler. His name was Zach, right? Yeah. It was a cool dog. Yeah, my my dad got him because my dad at the time had a factory, manufacturing factory, and um, you know in the industrial estates in the late eighties. You know, there was a lot of shit that could go down in terms of burglaries and things because. So it was a guard dog. Yeah, it was a kind of the guard dog as well. Plus, my dad, we, we always loved dogs. Families sure, always yeah. loved dogs. My mum's hated dogs, though. My mum was like... Really? My mom, it got to the point with Zach where it was like the dog or me. How come? 
Well, because I, one of the incidences was the dog dragged me around the garden for like 10 minutes. How big from, was this dog? Dog was huge, bro. Yeah. Like, And there's witnesses to this. So yeah. anyone that knows me knows my bro, my older bro. He saved, he saved me. Um, my next door neighbours, they know who they are. They know my dog as well. Yeah. Very well. Um, they actually had two Dobermans at the time that I had Zach. I love Dobermans. Yeah. Um, but their dogs were militant. They were, yeah, yeah. They, 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 their dog was like, you know the ones, you know and people regimented. that get, or they keep them in like, yeah, they keep them in a, in a certain area of the garden. Uh -huh. They come in the house at certain times. So straight away, when they see some, a stranger, they're ready to just, mm -hmm. I could never really go in the garden too tough. But my dog was allowed to roam around. So the, the incident was, I came in the garden to see my neighbor. He was just chilling on the fence and I was going to chat to him dog just took me hash <laughs> i was going round the garden from the back of my my shirt so the dog's dragging me so the dog's face is on my t-shirt so i can't see the dog i'm looking at my yard getting dragged away from my house <laughs> around my garden yeah mad blur mad blur right and then my brother's come out george has come out i'll never forget he was wearing a 1987 or 1988 spurs shirt that had Spurs written in like lines going across the shirt and it was a wicked blue. The colour was wicked and he was screwing because the dog ripped his shirt. He always reminds me of that. Um, but yeah, he saved me, right? So, now I don't think the dog wanted to kill me per se, but I think the dog just thought I was a toy. Okay. Because the way it was, it was, it was ripping up my, yeah, it yeah. weren't ripping up my flesh hash, it was ripping yeah. up my shirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was dragging me yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So that was one incident. And then another incident was, everyone will know in their kitchens by say if you've got a door going out to the garden but inside the kitchen usually the wall is kind of like um you know it's hard cement in it because obviously it's an outside wall he'd ripped the foundations in the he'd ripped the the flooring in the kitchen to the point of the foundation so obviously a proud you know woman doesn't want that happening in her kitchen mm. um but let me just say one thing about this dog. This is legendary. People ain't going to believe me on this story, yeah? But let me tell you how this dog went, right? So my dad moved this dog to a farm in Devon. When you say went, as in died? Yeah, this had a dog left the earth, right? Yeah. So um, we'd had a few instances with the dog. Obviously, the instance with me, it, something had happened at, at my dad's factory. My, the dog had bitten my dad's brother, my uncle. Um, not on purpose. My uncle yeah. went to put a, a, a hanger up yeah. uh, on a rail. As I mentioned, my dad worked in manufacturing. And the dog went for the hanger, but it, my uncle's arm had replaced where the hanger was because he put oh, it on the rail shit, okay. and it locked into my uncle's Oof. arm. I'm talking my uncle couldn't move two of his fingers for a couple of months because of the, the ligaments that the dog had affected when it bit into the tendons, when it bit into his forearm. So there'd been loads of different kind of instances with Zach here. Yeah? Um, so anyway, my dad moves him to a farm. Someone took him to this farm. And the way that he went out, he attacked a cow, <laughs> right? He attacked a cow. He went to buy a cow, bro. And these cows chiefed up the dog, yeah? Kicked the dog. Obviously, you can't underestimate the, I don't know what you call the cow bloodline, but when you look at like all of those kind of animals, even the ones that scuff it out with lions sometimes, mm -hmm. if they get a kick off, like it's on. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Zach was old by then. Zach was on it. Yeah, he was mad. Bro, the, the vet went to put an injection in the dog. Uh -huh. The dog bit the vet's <laughs> thumb. Yeah. When I told this story to my mates at school, they were like, you're chatting shit. You're lying. Yeah. Like, especially one particular dude. I won't, I won't put his name out there. But he was, all, and I was like, bro, call, I was gonna, I was like, call my dad. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, the story was so mad. But yeah, that's how he went out, man. They finally put him down after he'd bitten the vet. Talking of films, <clears throat> like we should be. <clears throat> Before we get into that. Go on. Tottenham. 
Oh man, speak your heart. All right, so basically, the last time we spoke about what we spoke about, since then we lost to Chelsea, which was terrible. That game was terrible. Chelsea didn't even look that great either. But Spurs in the first half, I just I just didn't know who we were or what we were. Um, and then I started hoping in the second half that it couldn't get any worse. And it didn't. We we did play a little we did play a little bit better and, and we did have a great chance to equalise. But I think from what I can from from that game and what was happening like on the phone ins and what I was seeing afterwards. Let me let me let me put this, let me put something to you, right? See if you can if you can get it from this angle, see if you can understand where I'm coming from and why Mourinho is maybe the man like kind of the manager that he is, sorry. There, I've watched loads of programmes on Mourinho, um, documentaries different different kind of coaching ones as well as ones just about his career and there's a there's a documentary on Netflix where it's four different coaches and it's 20 minutes on each different coach and he's one of them the other coach is a basketball coach another one's a woman's football coach and I can't remember what the, what the last one was sorry this is on Netflix isn't it yeah basically Mourinho talks about how his dad was a manager and his dad stayed with a, with a smaller club when he got offered from a bigger club <clears throat> and he got him to a cup final and then the smaller club sacked his dad. And then Mourinho's the interpreter at Barcelona when Bobby Robson's manager, Bobby Robson's a legend, Bobby Robson wins three trophies in one year at Barcelona, discovers the real Ronaldo, then loses his job at the end of, of, the, of, of the season, gets moved upstairs, but done in a very embarrassing kind of way. So I feel like those two situations or those two kind of moments in Mourinho's life They've made him realise how managers weren't treated how they maybe should have been treated. And I feel like he thought to himself, when I become a manager, I'm going to make me the most important person. I'm going to make it all about me and my effect on the players, my effect on games and then my effect on the success. So if I make myself bigger than, than the squad... Then, so you feel that what's happening at Tottenham now is the Mourinho show. Mourinho show. Is yeah, that what you feel? You yeah. feel it's the Mourinho show. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like I feel like Eric, I feel like Lucas Moura, Deli Ali, a little bit with Lamella, but not totally. For some reason, these three players, okay, are not getting the time they deserve on the pitch. I believe maybe he didn't want Ali. He wanted Ali to leave, and then, and now that's created a problem. I don't know what it is with Mora and Bale, whether he thinks they're not defensive enough. And I don't know what it is with Lamella. I don't know if it's injuries. It might be injuries with Lamella. I don't know. But I feel like with, with Mourinho, Hash, if he, if he loses faith in someone or if he's made an opinion of someone, it can get quite toxic if, if he has to call on that player. And, and yeah, it's very much about him. And I know he's unbelievable manager. And I, know I mean, he's it happened trophies. in United with Pogba. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? It happened there. And look, at the end of the day, I'm not talking about his record or his success. I understand that. But sometimes in life, you have people that make success in one way and you have other people that make success in another way. And I prefer the people that make success or try to make success, especially in football, with good football. Today we saw Man City beat Liverpool 4-1. They've beaten other teams convincingly. I think they're 10 games, 10 wins on the trot now, Man City. So I'm not saying I want Spurs to be like Man City. I'm a realist. But at least for a manager and a, and a group of players to always want to go out and play good football, okay, is what I want to see. And I don't see that with with, with Mourinho. Um, and I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he does. But I just, I just want to see more of the Spurs that I'm used to, which is us having a go at teams. I, I, 
I encourage anyone that listens to this to Google um, possession of of the ball under Mourinho for Spurs compared to possession of the ball under Poch or any of our previous managers. And and I feel like we give the ball to teams too much. We we try and score one goal and hope that we can win the game by defending for our lives and taking too much you know pressure on. So yeah, man, it's like. You know what I mean? Who the fuck wants to see their team go one nil up, right? And then have sixty percent possession to the other team, all these, all these, all these shots, and then, and then, and then hopefully win one nil. Man United, I know that Southampton got a player sent off, but they go, they go two nil up, they win the game nine nil. Man City are playing Liverpool two one. It's two one to Man City. Who, who? Man City would have had every right to just defend after that, but they didn't hash. They went for the third. They went for the fourth. Yeah, hopefully, we'll get to see some games live. Um, like actually in the stadium. You can move it with you if you want. Yeah, I know, but I don't know this part here. No, that'll stay, that'll stay. Yeah? Yeah. Can you still hear me? Level's still good? Yeah. What about now? Yeah. No, I want to get on to... I want to get on to... You want to talk about films? Well, I want to get on to Departed. So I watched Departed, the hash, and um, obviously, wicked film. It could be the best Scorsese film I've ever seen. Okay, because when you really think about it, the film never, it's never got a dull moment in it. Okay, the storyline's heavy, that the performances are heavy. The whole film is just a masterpiece. It's actually yeah. a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. Like, like Casino's good, don't get me wrong, but Departed's better. Yeah. Then I look at, then I, then I put Casino next to it and it's better. And I put Raging Bull next to it and I think it's better. It's just got so many moving parts. Yeah. And... And the performances. Every performance delivers. Every single performance in that film delivers. But let me tell you why Scorsese is a G. When he made Casino and when he made um, Goodfellas, using actors like Ray Liotta, De Niro, Pesci, the guy that played Paulie, um, in Casino, he uses... Um, oh, what's the name of the geezer, man? He's a famous comedian... Um, James Woods in Casino, you know. So Casino, they they he casts a great Jewish Italian cast. In Goodfellas, he casts a great Italian cast. In Departed, he does it again with the American Irish casting. Unbelievable, yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. It's just brilliant Irish American casting again. Like you believe that Martin Sheen is what he is. Like he's almost like a father figure. Yeah. But you see, you see like... The way he invited DiCaprio into his house when he came to the tree. Do you remember outside? He invited him in, he made him some, made him some food. My wife's that was a asleep, beautiful scene. don't worry, come in the kitchen. That was a beautiful and scene. And with me. Yeah. And he goes, no, no, he goes, no, 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 come on, we'll talk in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... Because at that point, DiCaprio was also at breaking point. Yeah, it was at a massive breaking point because he knew by then what was going on in terms of there's someone on the legal side that ain't playing ball. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's, it was just it was just brilliant. So Alec Baldwin, Martin Sheen, then you got Mark Wahlberg, or, or, you know what I mean? You've got like just brilliant, macho, Boston, that kind of doesn't trust no one. It, brilliant in it as well. So you've you got that. Then you've got obviously Jack Nicholson. You've got like... He's the cherry on top for me. But, but, he, but he's, he's, the way that, that he knows the cops, the way the cops know him, yeah. and they're all Irish. Yeah. 
but with this American sprinkle. Yeah, yeah. And Scorsese captured that brilliantly. Yeah. Like there's a scene where um, Matt Damon goes to his girlfriend. You know you're gonna have, you're gonna have to be the one to end this. This ain't gonna be me. He goes like I'm Irish. I could live my whole life knowing that something's wrong. Yeah. It was just it was it was it was great. And you know even like, like even Matt Damon again like Matt Damon is nothing like Mark Wahlberg, but in the film showing you the different. Uh, personalities that you get in, in in an area like Boston at that time, like Scorsese captured it perfectly, man. Mm -hmm. And the intensity of the film never dips. It never, never dips. dips. Never dips. And the executions, man. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. You know, you were talking about that GameStop thing as well. Yeah. I see on a news website somewhere, they're already making seven shows. About what? About GameStop? Yeah. So HBO, uh -huh. another production house, Netflix, someone else, they're all making their own either movie or TV show about what happened with that story. Quite soon. Yeah, but not only that, there's seven different crews that are making their own different version of it. Should I tell you what it is? It's because it's, it's a story, bruv. It's something to, to be able to put into production. That, and it's also, think of how many different platforms there are now that all have their own subscriber base. The, the core fans. The core fans. So, I mean, now this you've got HBO, you've got Netflix, you've got Disney+, Plus, you've got Amazon Prime, you've got Hulu in America. Britbox. You've, you've got Raycon, you've got Britbox. Britbox is a subscription for ITV and BBC <laughs> shows. When you got there already, you pay your TV license to get the BBC shows. You watch adverts to watch the ITV shows, yeah. and and they they've now they've now joined forces. I'm not part of Britbox, but um, from what I've seen from their archives, it seems like they've got decent stuff on there. Which one's that Britbox? Britbox, yeah, yeah, but it's old English shows. Nostalgia, mm -hmm. yeah. It's like when you when you saw Only Fools and Horses on Netflix. I'm so happy. Do you know what I mean? So happy. But yeah, I'm just trying to find. Um, what are you looking for? I just want to try and find how many, um, basically it was on RT. Russia Today, yeah, is another really interesting news source. I'd rather watch a little bit of BBC, a little bit of RT, a little bit of Sky News, a little bit of Sky News Australia, a little bit of Al Jazeera, um, and a little bit of, say, I don't know, Euro News. I couldn't, by the, I can't just say I couldn't agree with you more. I think you need to have multiple sources of... Yeah, and you, got, and you know why YouTube's good again? Because you don't need to go to those channels and watch the whole mm -hmm. news. You can find clips. Just find different stories about yeah. how... So, for example, take a subject matter. Let's say, for example, Corona. And watch three or four different news channels' interpretations of the subject and their coverage of it. Yeah. And then it just gives you a bit more to, like... Gives you a bit more to base. Okay, so America said it like that because that fits their agenda. Or... The English news is saying it like that because that fits their agenda. So what's the article that, you, that you're trying to find? I'm trying to find this article where it tells you... What I like about RT's articles, Hash, is they'll they'll tell you, okay, nine different production companies are all making their own series about the GameStop situation. But within the article, it will also give you social commentary from people like me and you. Mm -hmm. So it will have some Twitter comments in there or some or, or stuff like that. But it will be ones that have been, that normal people have posted. Yeah, so yeah. for example, a lot of people are posting like, you know, why am I going to watch seven different shows about the same subject? Yeah. And it's basically, a, one other person was saying like, a little bit like what you were saying, if people are paying these subscriptions, they're core fans, the mm -hmm. core fans expect their subscription provider to give them something for good sure, to watch. Yeah, yeah. So that's why they're all announcing. So has it been all the major ones that have announced they're going to be making a story about this? Yeah. Right, I got it. I got it. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. HBO becomes the seventh company, seventh, to produce a film 
on the GameStop mania as Hollywood and Wall Street rushed to cash in on the Reddit rebellion. So we've got seven different companies. Wow. All rushing to make the same story. Yeah, Netflix and MGM are another, another couple. HBO is another one. And then, for example, here, so it says... So now we, so this is someone's tweet. We now we have HBO doing a GameStop movie, a movie based on a book proposal about the GameStop story, another feature film written by Mark Bowl, The Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirsty, and a feature documentary. Zero Dark Thirty, by the way, is a wicked film. Have you seen oh, it? Yeah. Zero yeah. Dark Thirty is a serious film. Yeah, man. That scene where they, they drive into the camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the, the car, when the car, come, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're when coming the from afar. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a ginger woman lets yeah, yeah, them yeah. all in. Because they think that there's a, there's someone there's an informant coming. And the whole thing, it, it was tense from the first moment that you saw the car to the moment whatever went down, went down. It was, you were just, your heart, your heart was just racing. Was like, you just based that whole thing on trust. Yeah, 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 of course. And then you know what? There weren't no trust. Actually, there's another scene that does that for me as well. Sicario. You know the border scene where they're sat in the cars, they're in traffic. And then you've got the Latino gang members on the left and just the build up of that scene. You're talking about when they're on the Mexican border. The Mexican-US border. And they're, they're coming through and they, they know that in normal cars, someone might pop off on them. Yeah. And they actually pop, I think they do. They did, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sicario is a wicked film. Sicario is a wicked film. Because um, I just think Del Toro in that film, let's just talk about the fact that he's a seriously focused dude on, do we know, do, when do we find out why he's, what his passion is? As in that his, what his plan was? No, no, no. So you obviously don't give nothing away now. Yeah. But we know that Del Toro is a lawyer. Yeah. But we also know what happened to that you? he's a major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat, there's a major thing driving why he's yeah, there, yeah, yeah. right? And Broline feels his pain. He's yeah, got him yeah, there yeah, for yeah. whatever. Well, that's the whole operation. Actually, was that essentially? Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's what the whole operation was. Yeah. It was not for. It was not to bring down anyone. It wasn't for the government. It was, it was actually just to help. Yeah. Del Toro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because they were also doing their job, it kind of complemented each other in a way because they're still doing their job as well. Yeah, I mean, they're still getting rid of they're still getting rid of major cartel yeah, yeah. heads of major cartels. That's true, but but that was definitely a revenge film. It was like we're gonna help this guy, man. That scene at the end, the dinner scene. Wait, wait. The dinner scene <laughs> is powerful, man. The dinner scene is so powerful because absolute biblical redemption yeah. takes place. The, ma the 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 major geezer in that scene is obviously Del Toro, but you know what I'm trying to say. The geezer, yeah, yeah. The, the head of the family. Yeah, yeah. It's just no power there, man. It's all gone. It's all gone. He's as vulnerable as it gets. Yeah. Can't, you can't get more vulnerable than you that. You can't. You can't. And then to witness what he witnessed being the last thing that he got to exactly, witness. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Truly showed the vulnerability. Recommendation, Sicario. Definitely, definitely. The second one, the second one's all right as well. The second one's all right. But the first one... The second one went a bit left because it sort of tried to bring terrorism from like an Arabic... The usual terrorism that you see in movies made its way into Mexico, yeah, which is getting which is getting a bit boring now, to be honest. Yeah, I've man. seen it enough now. But, but, but is it, you know what I mean? Like, how? Wow, man! Like, it's in Mexico as well now. <laughs> and then, like, you know, like all of a sudden, it's like we need the little girl, and it's like, well, like, sorry, you can't have the little girl, yeah. and it's like, well, well, then we're gonna have to kill each other, and it's like, it just seemed, you know what I mean? Like, but the first one, fuck, you know, the first one was powerful because. The cinematography in that, there's loads, loads of good looking scenes in that film. But also the way you've got like the woman who doesn't, she knows, she doesn't really know what's going on, but she sort of knows that she's getting, like not nothing's quite what it seems. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Josh Brolin who is so, like I've never known a man to play every role that he plays and have an element of coldness in each of the roles that he plays, 
but you don't think it's the same coldness as before. Yeah. Like in my in no country for old men. Like he's got like the way he talks to his missus. What's, what does he call her? Jolene? No, not Jolene. Anyway, her name, her her cast name. There's a scene where she's like, "What you got in that bag?" And then he's like, "Stop asking me questions." And just the way he talks to her is wicked. But but yeah, Josh Brolin's always had that element of. Do you know what I mean? And. Um, in Sicario, I can't remember if yeah, that's it. She tries to, she basically goes for Josh Brolin, Emily Blunt. Yeah, she tries to beat him up, and then he he just chiefs her mm -hmm. up, man. But then the way that he talk tells her why she's there and what they got going on. Mm -hmm. She went through a lot in that film as well, mentally. She went through a hell of a lot in that film, man. And Josh Brolin was like, he didn't care. Yeah, he didn't care. At all. He didn't care because he was. He couldn't afford to... He, he was like, look, you're just a tool. Mm -hmm. You're a pawn. I need to use your badge on mm -hmm. your on your shoulder, on your shirt, so that we can carry out this thing and not get in any trouble. And he was just so calculated mm. and... Um, she cold. felt helpless. She felt absolutely helpless. Yeah, but she's also felt like... And you felt sorry for her. Yeah. You did, you did feel sorry for her in a way, but you also felt that she couldn't say no to what was going on. But you're also kind of glad that Del Toro so you know did what he saw? needed you know to do as well. You know what else you saw? This is important. You say that you felt sorry for her, but you know what else you saw, bruv? You saw that in America, just because you might be an ATF or an immigration dude mm -hmm. or whatever, there's agencies above you mm -hmm. that don't care that you're even on the same side as them. If you get in the way, we will chief you up. Mm -hmm. And that's what it showed me, man. Like the end of the film, bro, I do believe she's presented with an option. Sign this piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And she was legit. She was, on, she was on their side. But if she got in the way or compromised what was going on, you know what? Sakari is a sick film. Sakari is a wicked film. It's absolutely a sick film. And let me just say this as well. Name me, name me, name me like, name me a, a musician, Hash. Name me a musician that's transcended well into like making good movies. Like Madonna made a couple of movies, they weren't that great. Who, Lady Gaga wasn't a great movie, Justin but she Tim played. Justin Timberlake. Okay. He's a good actor. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's In a good time. Actor. In time, yeah. Very good film. Very good film. Yeah, and do the concept not, of that story as well is a very interesting concept. Do you not think that's a film that maybe people should be watching? Right oh, about 100%. Now? 100%. Okay, so we're going to put Justin Timberlake in there. Yeah. Also, Cry Me A River, one of the baddest tunes Trust ever. Me. Bad boy tune. All right, so JT's in there. What are the musicians? In terms you of could actors? put Jamie Foxx in there, but was Jamie Foxx a musician no, before I, he was an actor? No, I think, I think he was an actor. For me, I see Jamie Foxx as an actor first, musician after. Okay, cool. Um, so Madonna, we're going to say not a great one, but Justin Timberlake was a good one. I'm going to put one out there. Tupac? Yes. Now let's break it down. <laughs> let's not go with the biased AK who will never ever say a bad word about the geezer. But let's just break it down. Juice. Don't hear many people saying that's a shit film. Don't hear many people dissing that film. Yeah. Then we move on to Above the Rim. Don't hear many people dissing that film. Yeah. Don't hear many people calling it bad. Then we'll move on to Poetic Justice. Once again, maybe a few people that prefer the hardcoreness might say that that one wasn't. But I thought it was a great storyline. Didn't I thought Tupac showed... come from a... From an acting background? He went to a performing arts school okay. for merely 10 months, okay. maybe longer. Going to say no more than two years, but ripped it up there. Met Jada Pinkett. So he had it in him already from young. Had it in him. But I think, I think when you've already got fire in you yeah. and passion in you, your, your ability to express yourself or express certain different characters, so to speak, or, or express roles is, is in you. I think he liked creating. Yeah. Number one, yeah. I think he loved the fact. I think he loved the power of film. Mm -hmm. He loved. He knew. He knew what film could do to an audience. For sure, um, he knew the power of words. Yeah. He knew the power of imagery. Yeah. 
and and the reason why you know I, I say this is because he didn't play the stereotypical role. Do you know what I mean? Tupac's played a detective. Tupac's played a heroin addict. Tupac's played a postman. And you know what I mean? He's played, um, obviously he's played a drug dealer and he's played, you know, a young high school student. So there's loads of versatility in all of those roles that he's played. And he's demonstrated and been believable in all of those roles. Mm. Like in, in Gridlocked, you, you like sympathise with the, the plight that him and Tim Roth go through. Like you don't, it's believable. And he's with Tim Roth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's in dialogue with Tim Roth. Like, yeah. I'm not being funny. And there's enough scenes with Tim Roth. Tim Roth Tim stabs Roth's Tupac. A serious actor. St Tim Roth stabs Tupac, yeah, yeah, in a scene. Tim Roth is in a toilet where they get caught doing things. They're in a hospital together. They get they got to chat to the police together. And my man holds his weight in all them scenes. So when I was younger, Hash, right? When I used to, when I used to go to my grandma's, yeah. So I used to go to my grandmother's every day after school. My mum used to work like in the same street as where my grandmother lived and my yeah. granddad. And my grandparents, I used, to go, I used to go there every day after school until I was about 14, 15. Yeah. On, my grandparents used to live off a busy road. And on this road was a video shop before Blockbusters, bruv. Before them, this, this shop was called Hellenic Video. For the mans that know about Hellenic Video. <laughs> so I used to go to this place, right? Pay like £2.50. So even for when I was like eight, nine years old, I'd be, I'd be watching films like Filofax, James Belushi, but it's also known as Taking Care of Business, had two names. Films like, um, trying to remember like some films now, films like Robocop. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The first Robocop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I used to get them from this place. Mr. Destiny, Michael Caine, James Belushi. Now that's yeah. two heavyweight names, but how many people have seen the film Mr. Destiny? Now it's not a case of, you know, oh, I've seen more films in you here. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that I'm trying to say There's you should so watch them. There because they're <laughs> wicked films yeah. and they're actors that you already think are wicked. Like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Like I'm 13 years old, I'm 39 now. Still, to me, one of the best comedies yeah. like, I'll ever watch. All from Hellenic Video, bro. Big up Hellenic Video. So I'm always, yeah, big up to Hellenic Video. Big up to my AR, that's Greek for grandmother. She used to always give me a little bit of change to go and get a movie. <laughs> so when I, when I used to go, so basically I'd come home from school, I'd watch like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on BBC Two. And then maybe a bit of Ren and Stimpy, because that used to have, that used to be on as well. And then just before dinner or during dinner, like my grandmother used to let me get a film and she used to let me watch, she used to let me eat in front of the TV as well. She was a top woman for that. Nice. Yeah, man. Nice. So yeah, so I've watched films my whole my whole life. I remember one time watching this film. I don't recommend this, but I was nine, ten years old and I watched um Midnight Express. I'll never forget, right? Do, do you know about this film? No. Bro, this is no film for a ten-year-old, yeah. No film. It's a true story of a geezer, American, that got caught in Turkey with loads of hash. Yeah. And then it shows you him in prison, and then it shows you how he gets out of prison. It's a true story. Mad film. But I watched it because, like for a lot of people, you know, just give you a little insight here into my culture. Just feel like for a lot of people, like back in the day, like you had a lot of generations that live in the same household. So, for example, my grandmother, you know, and then you got like my uncle. My uncle's like 21 at the time. And then you got like me. I'm like eight at the time. So you got to think like my, my uncle's sisters had kids, like my mum, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. With my dad, still together, gangster shit. Um, so, you know, you might, have, so sometimes you might like, my grandmother don't know that my uncle's going to put that film on, but it stayed with me. Like it didn't stay with me, like scarred me or anything, but I'll never forget like, I remember saying to my uncle, like what are those bars around his belly that the cops are pulling off him? What are those bars in all these, in his boots? And uh, he was going to me, oh, they're Kit Kats. <laughs> they're just Kit Kat chocolate bars. Do you know what I mean? But they yeah. were blocks of hash. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like the scene where, like there's certain scenes in this film that are famous. I'm not going to say what they are because everyone knows what, what who's watched the film. They know what scenes they are. The way that he gets out of there 
it's next level. But I don't want to say too much because I think it's a really, really wicked film for people to watch, um, especially like the people that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all from Hellenic Video, man. Do you know what I mean? So I've always watched, I've always watched loads of films from a young age. I've always found films to be something that I've I've enjoyed. And it's always been nice to meet, when you meet similar people, you know, instead of, say, like, being out on the street doing bullshit, like, you know, you might find yourself, like, you know, you'd be chilling at your mates and then you'd, you'd catch these movies, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. Movies are a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. Thank you.